Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. And that was the voice of Dick Warren. Thank you very much for listening, my dear listener. Thanks for being here. My name is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach, here each and every week with people out on the cutting edge of coaching, people you need to know about, people who are pioneers or just plain interesting folks. This week is no different. We have just a an interesting folk. His name is Alex Terranova. He's a professional certified coach working on the MCC, who is uh, the producer proprietor of thedreammason.com. He's also the author of Fictional Authenticity, a contributor to Redefining Masculinity, two books you should have on your shelf, and the host of his own darn podcast, The Dream Mason Podcast, as well as contributor to many other podcasts. You've been on a lot of podcasts. Is that what you do with your time mostly? I'm First of all, I'm like so impressed how well you don't have my bio in front of you. You just like know me. I feel so seen right now. Right. Birthday, January 12th, in case you wanted to send <laughs> gifts, now's a good time because the post office will take a little extra time. Oh, man. Um, I, is that, all, you know, I had that conversation recently with somebody where I, they were like, what do you really want to be doing with your time and your energy? It was like a purpose kind of conversation. And I went, I think this is the problem. I want to do all the things that famous people do, but I don't want to do the things to get famous. And they were like, what do you mean? I was like, you know, I want to get paid for doing cameos. Like, I want to send a message to your phone on your birthday and be like, Christopher, this is Alex Terranova. I know you're a great guy. Happy birthday. You're changing lives and inspiring people. You keep it up. I want to be doing podcasts. I want to be doing interviews. Um, I want to be like signing autographs and taking pictures with people and making them happy. But like you don't get to do those things unless you've done something else, right? But I don't want to do the first part. I just want the like I found a I found a very successful guy and I asked him if I could pretend to be him. Like if he was, if we just like said I was him and no one knew and I just played the role. Right, right, right. Yeah. He doesn't want to be in the spotlight. Yeah. This is the this is I'm completely familiar with this. But I also think it's a generational thing because your generation kind of wants to be famous for just being famous. Like without actually doing anything right this is the whole issue with the kardashians yeah i think yes i think that's definitely a thing i don't know that everybody wants to do the things that i want to do right it's not necessarily about the like i don't just want to like i actually want to do the work that the famous people have to do once they're famous i don't know that everybody wants to do that no i do i don't you know some like i mean look my my friend who is the person who who i was talking to about this he's same same age as me we grew up together and he's very successful in business, but he doesn't want to be in the spotlight. He wants right. to be kind of hidden and he loves what he does. Like he loves that, the, the work that he does, but he doesn't want that, he, you know, that other piece. Um, but I, I think you're right. I mean, I think we were to you and I, you didn't sound sad, by the way, Christopher's sad, everyone. We should tell people he, he didn't want to admit it. I think this is the, we were talking about social media before we started. And I think this is like the biggest problem with social media is everybody look, everybody is kind of, you're famous on your own social media feed, right? Like everyone has, you have everyone's attention, however many people it is. Um, and then everyone you see in a way is either ranting on, a, on like a soapbox about an, an issue that they're actually not doing much about, right? Correct. Like politicians yeah. are terrible and I'm just going to rant on it here, but I'm not going to run for office or change right. anything. Yeah. Um, or even vote half the time. 
um, or we're just showing like the highlights of our lives. And I think there's been a, a uh, well, I think the impact of that is right. We sit around and we're like, man, why is everyone we know always on vacation? Why is everyone we know writing a book? Why is everyone we know just right. like winning all the time? Look how happy they are. Look that that marriage is better than mine. Look at the pictures. Yeah. Yep. Why are they so? How are they such in good shape? They're on their social media all the time. <laughs> right. Um, and I think there's actually been a kickback to this now, where people are showing their vulnerability online. But it doesn't, to me at least, it feels like like it doesn't always feel like real vulnerability. It's like, no, I'm right. gonna show you my vulnerability so I get credit. It's like me giving you a gift with the expectation that you're gonna either give me something back or I'm gonna get a thank you. And that's not right. really giving a gift. Exactly, yeah. And, and or it lands as whining. I'm so tired of people whining on the, on the social, you know, like, oh, let me tell you what just happened. No, not interested. <laughs> Now we're doing it though. Now we're doing it on a podcast. <laughs> we're ranting, we're complaining. It's meta. Okay, so this is what uh, the this is what I, I wanted to do with you today. And I, I, speaking, I speaking of authenticity, can you hear my dog mowling no. and yowling in the background? Okay, good. No, no, no. Good. But um, it's the new year. I wasn't with you right before the end of the year. And I wanted, we didn't have a guest today. Um, I wanted to record with you because I think uh, it's, it was, it's important to put out a conversation for coaches starting the new year. Cause I, 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 there's two things that I wanted to like kind of bring to you and see as someone who's been doing this for a long time, who's trained hundreds of coaches had such an impact in this area. Like I want to know, I guess, let me say this different. There's two ways to look at it. It's like, one is like the new year, right? It's like, oh my God, we got to have our goals. We got to have everything mapped out. We got to be complete on the last year. And we got to like charge forward into this new year to be successful. And, and that's not wrong, right? That's, so, I mean, a lot of people do that. Yeah. And okay. then like, I think there's this other thing that it's actually no different than Monday to Tuesday, right? The, the earth just went around the sun the earth is doing what it's doing. Nothing has actually changed from December 31st to January 1st, more so than anything changes from January 3rd to January 4th. But we give it all this meaning, right? And we, and we play it all up. And it actually might not be, it's not like January 1st comes and all the flowers bloom outside and nature's like, yeah, let's go. We as humans have created it to mean this thing and give it all this meaning. And like, if you're not aboard that, or that doesn't work for you, I think it's kind of a shitty time to be, to have, because you're like, I don't know what my goals are, or I'm tired. I'm burned out from last year. I don't, I'm not, you know, I don't want to keep doing the same thing. What's your, how do you, you know, how do you take the new year? What's, what's your side of it? Well, you're, you're, you've got your finger right on my pulse. Although that sounds awkward when I say it out loud. The, uh, the <laughs> thing that's happening is for me, I know all that, right? And I've taught that and I've shared that and I've worked with my clients on that, right? And when they get stuck, I'm there to support them in that. And then I went and did the dumb thing this year where, you know, I take the last two weeks of the, of the year off, except I didn't, I sort of fudged it with some clients and some last minute and some this and some that. And then I worked for, based on circumstances and, you know, drama uh, throughout my break. So here I am the first week of the new year when I should be like shiny and that should is the key right there, right? Should be, you know, sort of like clear, ready to go, rested and going. And I'm exhausted and tired and don't want to. I don't even want to be here. I don't want to be talking to you. And I like you. 
I mean, I, I appreciate, this is what I wanted people to see. Like, I appreciate your honesty that like someone who's done this as long as you, who's been, who's not only, not just this podcast, right? How many years? 20 years? Yeah. How many years have you been married? Uh, 16 together for 20. How many, how long have you had kids for? Uh, uh, that we know of, uh, 14. And how long have you been a coach for? 27. And would you, could we say that you have feelings like this about all those things all the time where you have days where you're just like, I don't want to be a dad or a husband or a. (laughs) And I, I, and it's so. I mentioned to my wife yesterday that I did not enjoy her company yesterday (laughs) at all. And that we would try again today. Yeah. I, I, but that's, I think is so not talked about when we're starting like a new thing, right? If it's like our fitness journey or or we're getting married or we're starting a coaching practice, no one's, no one's really like, you might say it, you might be like, Hey, there's going to be a day you don't want to do this. You're excited about it now, but you don't really know what it feels like until you're sitting in that chair and you're like, I hate everyone and everything. And I don't want to do this. So what do you do now? What's the, you know, 60 things we love about you. It says on the wall behind you. Do you read that 60 times to get yourself inspired? That would be too many 60 times 60. Let's, uh, uh, sorry, I want to go, I want to go back a step because, or, or sort of ferret out one of those things. Cause one of the, um, the key things I think most of us avoid right? We're either, I don't know, you listen to your clients and hear if if you hear the same thing I do, which is they spend a lot of their time in the future or the past and very little time here. And me too, right? I avoid, especially when it's a bummer time, you know, when there's pain, I avoid that, right? I want to get to, let's get to the future. Let's solve the problem, right? Let's get to the solution or that, or let's diagnose the problem and instead of being in it. Does that resonate for you at all? I can't tell. Oh yeah. Yeah, hmm. absolutely. So part of it is to just, just the clients. Yeah. So part of it's just to be in it. You know, I was talking with a client about this this week, but it's also me. Like I, you know, to actually say verbalize to my beloved, the mother of my children, that one and say, uh, man, I don't, I'm not enjoying you. I don't, I don't like you today. Or to be with you and say, you know, as much as I love you, I don't want to be doing this right now is part of it. I think that's important to acknowledge that there's a feeling there because maybe it's different for you, but I was trained to not say that stuff. Like you just operate on top of it and push yourself through and be a man and shut up and do your job. Right. How, how is it for you? It's, I love when stuff works like synchronous, synchronistically like this. I was reading last night uh, a Ram Das book. Um, I don't, blanking on the cover, but it's like a book where he's in kind of interpreting and going through his lessons on the Bhagiva. Um, I think it's like the path to God or something is what it's called, but he's at a point where his guru said to him, never lie. And, and he's describing how he, at this point, was hating everyone on this retreat he was on. He was like, I hate them for this, and I hate them for this. And I, and he, and the more he was hating everyone, the more fuming he was getting. Oh, and his uh, his guru also told him to never be angry. So to never be angry and never lie. So then people are coming into his space and he's saying like, get out of here. I don't want you in here. And he's telling, because he's like thinking that he's, held his tr- he's telling the truth. And his guru pulls him aside after, you know, a couple of days or whatever of this. And he's like, I told you to never be angry. And he's like, you also told me to never lie. 
And he's like, yeah. And, ba- and, and with, without saying what they said, basically the, the thing was, he was like, you're lying because you're saying that you're angry at them for the way they're eating or the way that they're doing stuff. But what's actually wrong is you have an expectation of how the world should be. Yeah. And the world isn't meeting your expectations. So you're mad. Again. Right. right. And that's the lie. And I was sitting there and I could so see myself in this because I am somebody, a coach joked with me recently. They were like, man, you're the, the life coach that hates, that hates people. Yeah. Um, and it's not that I hate people. I have this expectation of what I want people to be or what we could be. Right. And we don't match that. So then my response is, I hate you all and you all suck. And we're like doomed for not for, for, you know, the apocalypse. Um, so that's what I get is it's, it's all about the expectation that is in the future. I shared with you yesterday, I think when we talked that I had just hired this, I hired this new coach, huge investment for me, like biggest investment I've ever made in myself besides, besides my home. And I'm lying in bed at night, imagining a year. So it's a year commitment. I'm already putting myself in December. And I'm in massive debt. I've lost my house. I've lost all my clients. I have no car. I'm basically moving back in with my parents, right? At at 40 years old, my life has completely fallen apart because I took on this financial investment that was bigger than I could handle at the time. And I noticed, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm having anxiety, right? I'm having a full on anxiety about this while I'm in my bed. And what I noticed was I'm jumping into the future with only the consequences, Right. As if working with this person and and doing all these things, there's going to be no benefits. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And And also stacking it all up. Right. It's not like how much money do you owe today? Well, what you owe in six months isn't relevant today. Right. It's 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 just what's today. And today I'm sitting here with you and everything is perfectly fine. That's so good. And. I don't know if this helps, but. Uh, every time I've done something big, like buy a house, there's anxiety that comes with it, right? What if all the what ifs show up, right? And so, and I think that maybe a new year is kind of like that too, right? We can either put it in the, I'm going to finally get everything done and brush my teeth every day and floss and do all the things, right? But we can also get into the what ifs. And what I, man, I love so much about what you said. The first thing is that there's a capacity issue. Like I want to, I can't exactly figure out how to say this, but when my wife and I got scared by buying our first house, you know, she was like, what if, what if, what if? And I said, sweetheart, or whatever I call her, snookums. um, We're not those people. Do you know, like there are some people who would like, oh, everything is ruined and we're, we're the people we would never do that, right? We would like take the second or third job or be a barista by day and a, you know, delivery person by night or do whatever it took to like work it out, right? We're not gonna be the people who who have no options. Do you see anything for yourself in that? Yeah, that, I've, I remember when you heard you say that before. Oh, sorry, I only have two stories. No, I, did, I think it's a great story because I mean, I remember it, right? So it was, and I've heard you say a lot of things and I remember that. Um, and I do think I say something like that to myself. And I actually think I ask clients that like, hey, are you the person who's going to be homeless? Are you the person that's going to give up? Right. And I think we should also say that like, hey, bad stuff could happen, right? Like horrible things could happen and knock you off your foundation. Absolutely. But there's, 
but there right. is a difference. Like, I think that like, hey, I haven't gone and burned all my bridges. So if I got in trouble, which is totally possible, right? I could like, I could have a financial collapse. That happens, right? Like sometimes, yeah. but because I haven't burned my bridges and I have good relationships, I could get supported by people. I still wouldn't be homeless. Right. And, and, and then I have a foundation of, to your point, like there's a lot of things I could go do. And there's a lot of things I could be willing to do. And there's some people that wouldn't do that, right? Their ego would get in the way or they burned all their bridges. I think that I was thinking this this week actually. And I, and I kept having to remind myself like, hey, you've never actually had it all fall apart. Right. There's not, there's in- I'm Which about to, sounds like a dare, but it's not. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's like I, in 40 years of my life, I've messed up, I've screwed up. I've had things- I've had breakups, I've ruined relationships, I've ruined job situations, like I've done mistakes, but never in my life has have the, those things created a full collapse of my life. It was all, and I think that actually all those things, and I wonder if you can look back and say the same, all the worst things I've done in my life and all the biggest mistakes have ultimately led me to somewhere where I'm like, God, I'm so glad I messed that up because of the lessons I learned or the, the mountain I climbed on the other side of it would have never been available had I not made that wrong decision or screwed up. True that. I mean, yeah, true that. So uh, New Year, we've got a lot, a lot of designs and people doing different things about the New Year. Do you have a ritual or something you want to share? I do have a ritual. Um, this year I did the ritual that I do, but I also made it my own for the first time. So for the last, since I've known you, so about seven years since 2015, I've done a like, you know, a, a completion exercise or something that's come from someone else, something that you've designed or, or another coach has designed. And I've kind of done that practice and I've filtered in burning some sage or pulling a card or, you know, meditating, things like that. But it's always been kind of someone else's structure. And this year I sat down and I created my own exercise. Um, and so I, I look, I thought about like, what do all the exercises that I've learned from other people have in common, right? And I created my own experience of this. Um, and so I did my own exercise. And in that, one of the things that I do, which I, which I really, it's, you know, it's, it's not that different in, the, in contextually, right? Forgiveness, like letting go, accepting, you know, saying a lot of things, creating awareness, declaring things, whatnot. But uh, the thing that I do, which I really like is I uh, have like five categories, myself, spirituality, business, relationship, and well-being. And I create like a breakthrough slash goal for each one, but it's experiential. So it's not like business make this much money. It's my business was my business breakthrough slash goal is intention. Mm. Um, and my, it's funny. I, I don't, I don't pick them from like my mind. I'll like, I'll like, how do I say this myself? I sat there and I thought, what do I need most to, what do I need to get to? And what do I need to most break up to become the next like evolved version of myself? And I sat and I just listened to my thoughts and things came up like, I need to be brave, vulnerable. And they just seemed like the and, I, and anything that seems too obvious, I just let it go. And then the word that came up was valor. Wow. And I was like, where the hell did valor come from? Who, who says, are we medieval knights? Where did, <laughs> where did this come from? 
And to me, the fact that that word came up, that came from somewhere else. That's from a, you know, some, some higher, you know, thing or deeper inside of me. So it's like, okay, that's my breakthrough and goal for the year with myself is valor. I don't know what that necessarily means, but I put all these things up on my wall. So I see them every day. And what I've noticed over the last, I've done this part of the exercise for the last three or four years, almost every one of them actually, just by having them up there and declaring them, they happen over the course of the year. Wow. Last year's my mine in relationship was surrender. And could the whole Tulum experiment been anything more than surrender to create the relationship? I, I don't know if that, you know, it, it just always works perfectly. So how about you? That's well, well, I'm, it pales in comparison. Cause <laughs> I feel like I roll dice. It's, that's my lucky number for the year. That's that's right. <laughs> Everything is nines. Um, uh, yeah, I do. I um, attempt. I intend to do thirty days of completion. So I do the completion exercise on on every relationship, every endeavor like that. You know, thirty oh. days in a row, so as to be bright, shiny, and clean, and clear and complete. You know, what. Um, what I noticed is that this year I shared that with some people and they started doing it as a group event and I immediately opted out. I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not with you folks. Right. Oh. I'm like, this is my thing. You can't do my thing. I, I'm going to do my thing over here in the corner. Right. So I think what we've discovered today is I'm deeply, deeply disturbed and flawed individual and need some serious help. No, I like that resonates for me. I don't want to do anything that everyone else is doing. And then when I'm doing something that no one else is doing, but then everyone starts doing it, as, I'm really mad. As evidence that you go to all the trouble to learn and train in multiple tools, and then you have to design your own. Yeah. Right? Like, okay, I've got all these tools. Now I'm going to make mine, the good right. one. And then if everyone starts doing mine, no, I'm not doing mine. Right. Screw you that. Have to go do back to the original one that no one else is doing. Yeah. Or go up to the mountaintop to get to study with someone nobody else is studying with. Yeah. So, Wait, first, did you get complete around our relationship? Now I'm curious. You said you do it around everyone. Yeah, this uh, I didn't have anything in ours. I am I'm probably should now. After today, I will. But because I made um, you do that, because I made you record. That's <laughs> um, interesting. I had so I had a client. I gave my clients my the new exercise, and and I gave it to them and said this is just a gift. You know, a lot of them, we did completion together. If you want to take this on yourself in the new year or before the new year, go ahead. So one client sends it back to me and I look at it. And the first thing I think, and I didn't ask them to send it back. They didn't have to do it. He, he just made this choice. I look at it and I go, he did this like he was doing homework. And I was with Evan and I shared that with her and I kind of laughed and she was like, what's your opinion on it? And she said, why do you think that? And I went, well, now I'm torn because part of me is like judging this person, like that, that they did it wrong or they should have done it different, right? And I was like, oh, oh. And then the other part of me was looking at it from my, like everything had one answer, one line. And it was kind of like they sped through it. Like I would do homework, right? I don't know how they do homework. They might've been the person who spent hours on their homework. And it just got me present to, that even in these exercises, like how we do this exercise to let go of the past and even the past is actually involved in the exercise. Like we can't not 
that is part of our humanity. That's it, more meta, right? Like you're, e you're trying to like let go of your ego, but your ego is the one trying to let go of your ego in a way. Yeah. What, um, how are you doing with the divine? Are you in, uh, do you have like some spiritual practice or you, you sort of started there and now it seems like we're back into your humanity, your, you know, judgments and assessments of things. How am I doing with that? Uh, well, my breakthrough and my goal for the year with spirituality is leader. Because what I noticed, what came up for me was that I have strong spiritual beliefs that I really lean into and people actually don't know about them. And yeah, so it's, I don't not know. To, it's not to go be, you know, look, I would, if you want to start a cult with me, we can discuss it, but it, I don't mean leader like that. I more mean just to have my voice be in existence or in the conversation around spirituality. Um, I was present to it. I had lunch with four, three guys who I went to high school with on on new year's eve day oh i knew you went to high school great um and i made a comment to one of them about like a woo-woo-y kind of spirituality shop and he went what are you a warlock now and i went so sort of and I kind of <laughs> <laughs> but what i realized was he has they have no these old friends have no idea that like that i mean you you can see the background but i have there's crystals, there's, I have, a, you know, a, a tarot card sitting on my deck that I pulled. There's a deck behind me. Um, I have a, there's a singing bowl, right? I have all these things and they act, they're not just props. They, they do, they mean things for me. So when I finished with clients yesterday, I put my feet on the ground. I stood up and I did the singing bowl like three times and it like really grounded me. The vibration, I felt my feet pulling into the ground. I'll pull when I'm, as I've been in my head about all these financial things, I'll, I'll stand up, I'll shuffle the deck of cards. And I'm, I'm not into like reading the book that comes with it. Cause to me, some guy made that, somebody made that up. But what I really like is the, I'll shuffle the cards and whatever card kind of pops out or falls out will be the one. The funny thing is two days in a row, the same card has popped out and fallen out, which is surrender. And- So you chose a different card. I'm kidding. Yeah. But I'm really present to that as I've stepped into this new thing financially, I do need to surrender. I can't try to control. I need to allow what's going to happen to happen. I need to allow new things in my life. So these are things that I get to, ways that I play with the universe or the divine. Um, a lot of what I do is I read, like a lot of it is reading. So I'll read books like this Ram Das book, or I read conversations with God almost every year. Um, I meditate. I to, I burn a lot. I'll burn sage before bed most nights. Wow. And I'll, and I'll burn it and I'll walk around the room and I'll say like a little mantra, you know, about what this, my bedroom is for me, like what the space is, what I want it to be before I go to bed. Um, so I have these, these little things that I do to me, that's my spirituality. That's my connection with something bigger, uh, and the divine. And I'm probably doing it all wrong, you know, for messing it up. <laughs> no, you're definitely surrendering wrong. Um, that's that's very interesting. I'm, I'm, I appreciate the view into your life because if I had to imagine what you did before bed, that was not what I would have come up with. Um, I know that you used to walk on the beach every morning 
and I know you've moved, so you don't do that anymore? I don't. It's it's a bummer. I thought I was going to be able to because I live right on the lagoon, mm -hmm. um, but the lagoon doesn't have the, the walking. The, yeah, it, it it's too based on the tide. It just doesn't work. What I've been doing in the morning is reading, using the jacuzzi, sitting in the jacuzzi and then going into the cold pool because it's not heated in the winter. So it's like 50 degrees and going, you know, kind of mini cold plunging jacuzzi. Um, I've been asking myself, and I, I wish more of us talked about this. We have, we live, I think we live in a culture for the most part that's like, you got to have a morning routine and it's like militaristic. Wake up, drink your water, meditate, read your book, go exercise, blah, 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 blah. You forgot, make your bed, brush your teeth, yeah. Yeah, which there's no humanity in that. Like you, we just made, a, we made ourselves robots. To me, to me, that's what it feels like. And I did that for two years. I'm now in more of the practice of, when I go to bed, I'll, I'll kind of make the decision. I'll look at my calendar for the next day and decide what time I need to wake up based on what I want to get done. And when I wake up in the morning, I make a decision. So this morning I woke up and I was going to go right to exercise. That was the plan. And I woke up and my body felt so stiff and getting old, right? You were supposed to be like, yeah, that's what happens when you get old. I've heard and about so, it. Yeah. And so I went, I don't, I don't think I need to go like lift weights as I feel stiff. I'm going to go sit in the jacuzzi and read a book and like let my body warm up and then I'll go exercise. Like, right. I was just going to change it up. Um, and so I do that on a regular basis now where I wake up and I ask myself, what do I need this morning? Do I, you know, it, so the only thing I do to start every day is water. I drink like 32 ounces of water right when I wake up. Wow. Um, I'm amazed that your tummy can hold all that. <laughs> so that, that's the only, and everything else, whether it's reading, meditation, walking the dog, um, it's all become based on like what I need. And I'm luckily have a dog that uh, does not need to go out first thing. So she gives me that opportunity. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, The Coaching Show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. Here is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. What about you? Well, first I want to talk about you. Uh, so 
what I like about your day-to-day creation is that it keep it keeps you in an at cause or a, a creator mode. Because what I noticed in your in your conversation was that for most of us, uh, waking up is like an ad effect. Like this is happening to me, right? Mm-hmm. Oh man, if it were up to me, I would sleep. But look at the stupid whatever clock phone, you know, rooster, whatever method you use for waking up, right? Now I have to. And so that it strikes me that you're in a better frame of mind for than most of us when you get up because you've chosen instead of mm-hmm. right. Like no, I have to which is, I think, the dominant paradigm. So I appreciated that. For me, my um, my spiritual home changed, like the people who were running it left and new people came in and it just didn't feel home anymore. And I kept thinking, oh, that's me. You know, I should be less judgmental and I should just go with the flow and surrender and all those things. And then I realized, oh, this is actually not me anymore. So I'm doing that thing that I kind of hate, but I think many of us, ultimately benefit from, which is shopping for a spiritual home, right? Like going and checking out different leaders, different methodologies, different belief systems, right? And throughout all, what I've uh, restarted doing is walks on the beach, ideally every day. And man, I got to tell you that little time of just walking with no intention, no aim other than to connect is so, you know, today I was like, grumpy, grumpy McGrump out there, just like people, stupid, you know, walking, stupid, grass and sand, stupid. And then, um, and then all of a sudden I kind of felt it lift, you know, just being out walking. And all of a sudden I was thinking about, oh, and I want to create this and I want to have that. And I want to do this thing over here. And, and, oh, I had this other idea, you know, and it's such a beautiful connection. And if my experience is that it's spiritual because it feels like I'm tapping into something much larger than my little petty nonsense, my petty daily nonsense. So I was eager to find out if you've given that up or replaced it or something. Sounds like um, that jacuzzi is a key element of your worship service. And I like what you said, the choice piece. I hadn't thought of that, which is there is a, I am at effect of the beach not being accessible like it was before. So I have a story that I don't like to drive the car to the beach. It's a, it's so odd. I don't know, it's not like I grew up living on a beach and I just walked outside and now I have this thing. I, but I have this like aversion to driving a car and going to the beach. I don't, I, I don't guess just, what. Just so we all know, uh, how, how far are we talking? Is it like an hour or is it like- Okay, wait, so the, the beach beach, like the Carlsbad beach is a half a mile. <laughs> the lagoon which has sand is 100 steps but I have but the lagoon I can't do the right the walking on with my dog uh, I could go a half a mile either I could get a basket or get a baby Bjorn and put Callie in there <laughs> <laughs> and, and go to the beach but I have this like I'm making up all these stories um, so it's there's something that I need to like actually look at and make a choice around there because that's an area that I am like when I am on the beach, and I agree with you, I don't know that there's a, to me, the beach feels like what people refer to as like church or temple. Like, I don't know a better place that I feel. And I think people feel like this on mountains and in the woods. Right. Uh-huh. That especially if you have, you know, your bare feet in the sand or you're, you know, you're inside the forest or you're like, right, you climb that mountain and your hands have been on the rocks or something that we feel more connected to like this world. And I, and I do miss that. And I think 
it's actually a big, there's an impact. I don't think I show up as my best self without that. And I've been making like excuses or trying to find ways around it because I don't want to like get in the car and drive the dog to the beach or I don't want to like get on the, I don't want to get a baby Bjorn for my dog. I have my ego still running. I don't, I'm afraid she might jump out of a basket. So I'm, I'm a little jealous of you. Uh, when you have question, when you walk, do you listen to music? Do you talk to anyone? Is it just you with nothing and you're just walking? Yeah, most most often. I mean, I have I I like when I'm walking a dog or going for a for an intentional walk. I'll often uh, listen to a book, you know, okay. do an audiobook. But um, when it's the beach, no, that's me and the divine in the form of nature and and energy, yeah. and I just notice where I am and how I am. But my favorite part of this whole conversation has been that you you were talking about a half mile and you just can't get there. I love that. That's so <laughs> um, human for me. It, it, I, you know what, COVID, I think partially did this too, in the same degree where I now do all my workouts at home. Wow. And, you know, and because I don't want to go a mile to a gym or a, war, or a yoga studio. And so I've just been like, I, it, I said this to you the other day too. I think people don't understand how much of an introvert I am. Like, I like being at home. I, I don't like being alone all by myself. I like being with like one other person, but I really mm -hmm. enjoy being at home. I don't really need to go out and do things. Um, and so the idea of like having to go somewhere and go to a workout or go to a yoga class or go to a thing is always has this kind of drainy appeal, but it, it, it's a story because I'm actually losing out. I'm losing out on the beach. I'm losing out on the sometimes yoga. And I do think that ultimately I am losing out on the connection with humans because I have this relationship that they drain, they're draining to me. Yeah. And, but it's not them, right? It's that same thing we talked about before that it's my expectation, right? The person on next to me on the yoga mat shouldn't have their phone and they should be <laughs> playing this music and the class should be hotter. And why is this person driving like this? Uh, Evan jokes all the time. She's, she's like, you are, a, you are like this grumpy old man who's commenting, why are the lights out on that movie theater? Who's changing those? Somebody's got to change those lights. And yeah. she's not wrong. I do, I have, this is a part of my, personality that I don't actually like that I want to change. And I think that the beach was something that was actually changing that. It's so good because that's what people accused me of when I was 30. People said, you're a 50 year old grumpy man in a 30 year old body. Because <laughs> very much like you, I would find ah, this person, that person, that, you know, what's happening? Get off my lawn. Um, so, so what are you going to take on uh, with that awareness? Anything? Or are you leaving it alone? You're just going to love that part of you that is the grumpy old man. And notices everything that's wrong. <laughs> I, I became really aware of that this last week, like how much I'm doing it. And that part I want to wrangle in that, that looking at what's wrong. I actually think, I think I've like slipped backwards actually. Like I'd made so much progress forward. And I think in a lot of ways I've slid back and I think it's just to re refocus on that again, right? Really make that an intention to, um, to pay attention to that I'm doing that and then stop doing it. Just listening to your thoughts before you say them and being aware of what you're paying attention to. And you did it, you said it really well with the, with the waking up. Most people are doing it with their wake up. Oh, I have to wake up. They're not realizing that, hey, it's all their choice the whole time.
they've chosen what time to go to bed they've chosen what time to wake up you know they've chosen their job whatever the things are i think that for me i need to re-choose like what i'm focusing on what i'm paying attention to and focus on the things that i actually enjoy and that i like instead of all the things that you know why the movie theater sign doesn't have their light bulbs lit who cares <laughs> the beach i'm not ready to decide yet because uh, i think I do, I do think there is, I'm still new in this, right? I moved in October. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just getting settled in here still. I've actually only been at my house for a month since I've moved here. Congratulations um, on the first month. Thanks. I mean, it's been two months, right? But I've been traveling. I've been up in, with Evan up in LA. Um, that's, been a, uh, that's been a tough thing to readjust to too, is you travel a lot or you did it's more so before COVID is keeping your routine when you're not at home. Right? Yeah. Keeping the things that matter to you, your mental well-being, your, your well-being when you're not in your space, you don't have the food you eat, the, the schedule. That's been one of my biggest challenges over the last two or three months is being wrapped up in this new relationship and the whirlwind and the excitement that we've created and all the trips to meet her family, to meet my family, to go to Tulum, to, you know, all these things and losing these aspects of well-being that I think really support you to live a good life. My offering, based on my travel experience, is take it with you. Like have your have your vitals with you, and it may not be what you think. Like you might think, oh, then I need my you know extra virgin olive oil from the left side of Mount Etna, right? But what I found were touchstones were things like um, books or pictures of my loved ones or something that I could put in any room I was in that would bring me back to me. So it might be your extra virgin, you know, Mount Etna olive oil, but it might be something else. Yeah, I don't know if a Peloton fits in an overhead compartment. Um, do they charge extra to take on the plane? <laughs> You're not going any place with a plane. No, I'm kidding. You've been all, you've been a lot of places. Um, I wanted to talk to you about your birthday. Oh, so it's a week from today, and it's a zero birthday, correct? It's a zero birthday, yeah. I'm having a lot of trouble with this birthday. Let's talk about that. Sure. Well, I should tell, let's, I'll, I'll, I should, I didn't actually think that I was gonna have trouble with this birthday at all. I, I hadn't thought about it much at all as, as time had gone on. And then it got time to, you know, talking about having a roast and planning a birthday and after we did, you know, I have an expectation of how my roast would be. It would be like a comedy central, you know, roast. And I kind of was like, it's not going to be like that. We don't have, you know, professional comedians and writers. Right. And I was like, I don't want to do it. I don't, it's, it's not going to, I don't mind if a few people roast me at whatever I do, but I don't want to do it like as it. So mine was, just, mine went so poorly that you decided not to do it. Good thinking. Good job. It was, you know, what's funny is my brother, right before we had yours before at Thanksgiving goes, this isn't going to go well. And I looked at him and I was like, it's going to go so well. And he goes, people are not funny. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. And yeah. he said, we don't think about that. Like the people that roast on TV are professionals. They have professional writers that are writing these jokes for them for months. Now I took time and I got supported by like our friend Christina and writing my material, but I don't think most people did that. Right. Most no. people, spent a little, you know, maybe a few hours or the day or five minutes before. And for me, I wanted it to be the other way. 
And if it wasn't going to be the other way, I don't want to do it, right? Which I'm fine with. And I, so it wasn't that yours was, it just wasn't the idea that I had him, right? It wasn't the expectation that I had. And You're I back to the that, grumpy 50-year-old that you are. Yeah, yeah, and I realized if I had my birthday like that, it was going to be, I wasn't going to be happy about it because it's not what I wanted. So I was like, all right, we're scrapping that. And then I started to feel like Evan kept being like, you know, Evan, my mom, my brother were like, what are we going to do for your 40th? What are we going to do for your 40th? And I kept being like, I don't know. I don't know. They'd be like, what do you want? I'd be like, I don't know. And I, I finally was like, let's just have a party. And we started to plan something. And then I realized I don't want to have a party. You were doing this for them just to give them an answer and get them off your back. Yeah. Well, and the idea that we're supposed to, right? I'm supposed to celebrate this mm -hmm. birthday in a certain way. And I realized I don't want to do this. I didn't want to have a party. So can't like parties canceled, scrap, no party. Um, and I was like, I just, I don't want to do anything. And everybody's like, oh, that's, but what do you mean you don't want to do anything? And I'm like, I, I don't. It's like, I, I will go out to dinner, you know, on my birthday. And I think my brother's going to be in town the weekend of my birthday. And we'll, you know, probably hop around, you know, restaurants and have some drinks and things like that. But I, I, I don't know what I'm celebrating. I don't feel like I'm celebrating anything. Um, it feels like just another day. And I think I'm sad. Like it feels, 40 feels old. Like it's the age that it, that always felt like when you're 40, you're, you're not old at 40, but 40 is like, you're now like a real grown up. Exactly. Things I, well, I'm going to have to get like a cardigan sweater and, you know, um, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I can, I can send you some of my old ones. Um, I'm going to jump on step on you because I know you were still talking, but here's, here, I have advice for you. Are you open to advice? You can take it or leave it as advice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's people that are listening to this. They're probably some in my humble that. opinion. I, nobody's listening to this. Don't kid yourself. Um, uh, in my humble opinion, this is a terrible idea. And what, here's what you should do. This is the advice I have for you. Have a party anyway. And just give it to somebody else. You've got a thousand friends who would love to throw you a party. So give it to somebody else and say, listen, I need a party. I don't want to do it. Please do this for me. Because, and here's where I'm, here's where I'm looking. And I have a little bit of experience because I just turned a zero number myself. Um, the same ennui or apathy or, or uncertainty that has you not want a party will show up as sadness. And if you're in the middle of a party or have an event where there are a bunch of people there who love you and want to give you the COVID and be with you, um, you're, you're actually going to have an antidote to that sadness or, or angst or whatever you're experiencing. And it'll be fun for them. It'll be because half the party's for everybody else to, you know, mingle and talk that. about you. <laughs> so this is my advice. You can, obviously you can trash it if you want, but my advice is, have the party, have somebody else arrange it, you know, your mom, your brother, your sweetheart, your exes, something. And then, uh, <laughs> and That's then just an notice what your exes throw you a party. Talk about a roast. They had to use real fire. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Oh, I love that you're actually feeling your feelings now. Thanks for surrendering for the moment. You know, I've, I've you're saying something that I've, I've thought about that, Hey, I'm going to cancel all this. And then on my birthday, I'm going to be sad. And then I'm just going to be mopey, sad person on my birthday, which yeah. 
I think that's actually, we don't talk about that either. You know, a lot of people on their birthday, like a lot of people's birthdays are not days that they enjoy. They're like, because of an expectation of how it's supposed to be and how it isn't. That's I think right. it's very similar birthdays, Valentine's Day, New Year's, Christmas can be like this for people, how they think their family's supposed to be. Uh, these holidays trigger a lot of our, you know, feelings of how things should be or how we want them to be or how they weren't in the past. So I have thought about this. I've tried to think about it as, do you, I don't know, you, you have a lot of parties. Do you do this? So when I'm bringing a lot of people together, all I'm like is, oh, they're not going to get along. People are going to like each other. I'm going to have to talk to all these people. I'm going to have to bounce around. All of a sudden, the idea of a party becomes so much work, not the planning of it, but the being at it, that I'm like, I don't want to do this. Um, but I think some people like that. I think some people like like bouncing around and having all these like conversations with people. I'm now going to give you the introvert's key to parties. Are you ready? Is it like get yourself blacked out? What's the... <laughs> <laughs> That's the second. That's the second chapter. The first chapter is this. You can disappear. I have discovered from my own <laughs> that you can disappear from a party, especially if it's your party, for like 15, 20 minutes, no questions asked. People are going to assume that you had some issue in the bathroom or whatever they assume, but nobody's going to ask. Nobody's going to mention it. You know, they're like, oh, welcome back, or oh, it's great to see you, or something. Nobody ever comes up to you and says, where the fuck have you been? Have you been hiding from us for the last 24, 24 minutes? Nobody says that. You just like, when it becomes too much, you just take yourself out to another part of the house or close the door or something, and people are going to assume you had a very important call or, you know, something, right? So this is my number one tip. My number two tip, sorry, my one number one tip was have the party and let somebody else do it. Number two is... Remember that you can disappear if you need to. And number three is, I love that you're pointing to that there's sadness, but being with people, you know, you've said it yourself, right? You're sort of, you hate people, but you love individuals or something. So those concerns, worries, and what ifs are, I think, the answer to your question posted on your social media, which is, what's the food for fear? What feeds fear? And it's that, right? So what if everybody doesn't get along and everybody says, oh, it was the worst party ever that time we went to Alex's, right? So what? And that's not ever your experience, is it? Has anybody ever come to you and said, oh, you had the worst party ever? No, but I have, I do have multiple experiences in my 20s where I brought like, like my bar friends to my old friends to like my new, like, you know, where, I, where it was like, hey, we're going to there was some event, right? And we were going to bring all these people together to do this thing. And it wasn't necessarily my birthday, but, and people didn't like each other. And like, people got in fights, not yeah. physical fights, but like, and I remember thinking, oh, this is like, I have to manage this. This is my fault. Like I'm the one that brought these people together. Why don't they, I think of it some sort of as like, if you set me up with a woman and it didn't go well, right? some people, you might not, you might laugh, but some people would be like, oh, it's my fault. I should have not set them up. Um, I kind of take that responsibility from the people, right? Right. It's not my, if they are, they're fighting, that's theirs, but yeah. I take it and make it my own. Um, I also make it my own that people have to be entertained and I have to entertain them and I have to talk to them and I have to do all these things, which to, is also not my responsibility. Um, it's a little codependent weirdness. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. At my house, it's like I'm always asking people if they want, if they're all good on their drinks. It's a complete weird uh, 
maladaptive behavior. But if you come to my house for any reason, I'm going to ask you 400 times if you want something to drink or if you need more or, you know, like that. It's super uncomfortable for people. And it's just my weirdness about making sure I'm taking care of people. So you have yours. Yeah. Well, my, my favorite, my favorite thing to do, I don't mind my, if, if we were a couple, you know, in, in the perfect world, we were a couple and you wanted to have a party. My perfect situation is I'm in the kitchen cooking all the food for the party. Oh, and people can, people will come into the kitchen. Right. And they'll talk with me while I'm cooking, but they'll see that I'm busy. They'll ask, everyone asks if they can help. Right. But I don't, I don't want to help. I want to do it myself. And I'll say no. And they'll talk to me for a few minutes, but they'll see that I'm, you know, busy. And then they leave. And I'm Uh. like, Ooh, I get these little doses of connection and then people leave and I don't have to stay or exit a conversation. It's all taken care of. Hate exiting conversations that you don't want to be in. That's so uncomfortable. Um, But yeah, that's my favorite. That's my favorite way to do a party is someone else, the person I'm with, it wants to have a party and I get to be like cooking all the food and completely occupied. And the only time that I'm with everyone is when we're sitting at the table. And then after I'm either going to go clean everything up <laughs> wow, or I'm going to be like so full. I have to like, excuse myself to get away. because <laughs> yeah, I have to go lie down now. Um, okay. So now I've got a new idea for you. Maybe if, if that's what you truly enjoy, I, you heard my recommendation. My advice was to have somebody, one of your many beloved friends, just have the party, throw the party for you and just show up and be fabulous and get honored and be done. But now I'm loving this idea. Maybe you have, you're 40, right? You're going to be four zero. So maybe you have four dinners for 10. Or maybe you have 10 dinners of four people each. Or maybe you have eight dinners of five people each or five dinners of eight people each. But somehow have groups of dinners with people you like and love and care about and that want to celebrate you. And that way you can do your favorite thing and still be with the people. That's a good idea. I'm just giving you ideas. That's all I'm doing. Well, look, all of this, this isn't a podcast about birthdays. <laughs> oh, are we still on a podcast? Jesus. Oh, I, okay. I, do, I do think, though, that this conversation is super relevant from a coaching standpoint, from that all our clients are actually experiencing these versions of conversations, whether it be for New Year's or you know the their birthdays or valentine's days coming up like right what um how they think valentine's day is going to go how many people we i mean i know you know people that are like i hate valentine's day it's a hallmark holiday yeah and that this conversation we just had is like all these kind of made up trappings that we've created that ultimately i i think a lot of times leave us to your point like feeling like we can't lose they're lose-lose situations I'm so, so, I'm so excited for what you create. Will you tell us next week what you created? Are you going to be with us next week? Uh, on your birthday? On my birthday, I am going to be. Yeah, this is the only thing on my calendar is to do this podcast. <laughs> That's <fun>. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a disappointing, sad birthday. the whole day. Starting. I'm going to have this podcast. Wow. Um, yeah, no, I, I actually was like, do I want, I was like, I like podcasting. This is, podcasting is one of my favorite things to do. So I was like, I want to do that on my birthday. I don't want to take that away. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, we can, we can definitely talk about it next week. And uh, I don't know who our guest is, but. They're going to be, they're going to have to share the spotlight with you. 
Is there anything else you wanted to talk about today or should I let you go and we should let everybody else go? Mm. Um, what are you going to do? Last, last thing. What are you going to do now that you're, cause I know that there's people like you that have worked their way right up through the new year. Now it's January. They're tired. They don't feel like it. So what are you going to do? What's next? That's such a good question. Cause of course my calendar is full and I'm like, Oh, I got to work, 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 work. So, uh, here's what I promise the next two weekends, including the three day weekend for Martin Luther King Jr. Holiday here in the United States, I'm going to be off, off, off. I'm going to spend time with my knucklehead kids and not work. And then I'm going to work the 22nd. The other thing that I'm debating is scheduling an actual vacation next month. So thanks for thanks for that, because I would not normally have done that. I would have like stuck to my guns and, and just powered through. So I appreciate that very much. Hey, it's been great to talk to you today. Thanks for um, suggesting that we do this. Thanks for being so open and vulnerable. And thanks for bringing the valor. <laughs> yeah, is that, what the, is that what that was? Is that did I do that today? I don't did know. you? I, I, I'm still trying to figure out what it would mean if I if I had that break in well, I think it's it's sort of like courage and bravery with honor. Mm. So did you? I would say so. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you, too, for allowing. I know you don't like for those of you that know Christopher listeners and for those of you that don't, you know, I know you you like to have a plan. You like us to have like a really clear. This is what we're doing. This is what we're going to. So thanks for being with the that like unknown of just letting us explore whatever there is to explore i think it's a metaphor for like this new like the new year of we don't know what's going to happen and, it, and like letting ourselves explore and let the year unfold and that is the perfect note for us to end on thank you so much that's alex terranova pcc author of fictional authenticity contributor to redefining masculinity has his the dream mason podcast as well as the dream mason.com you can find out all about him and maybe work with him as a coach that would be kick-ass wouldn't it uh, me, my name is Christopher McAuliffe. You can find me at ChristopherMcAuliffe.com or Accomplishment Coaching, the company that has sponsored this podcast and all of our work for the last 20 years. Uh, if you're interested in the world's finest coach training program, Accomplishment Coaching is the place to go. If you're interested in transformation, really. A uh, program starting in February in all the time zones in the United States of America and North America. And I thank you, dear listener, for being with us this week is every week as we bring you people out on the cutting edge of coaching, people that you need to know something about, or just us talking. Uh, it's been great to be with you. Have a great 2022, and we'll talk to you next week. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to The Coaching Show. We will talk to you next week.